0: So it's uh, the second Sunday of Advent. The Sunday we celebrate or look forward to peace. Sunday of peace. You know the Gospel of Mark is uh one of the t- two gospels that do not uh have a birth narrative. In uh in the uh The beginning of John, the Gospel of John, uh, begins with uh, a narrative about the nature of Christ and then uh, with the coming of John the Baptist. And Mark begins straight away with the coming of John the Baptist and, and begins with his proclamation Mark leaves it to Matthew and Luke to tell the tale of the of the uh birth of jesus we'll We'll be getting to that a couple of weeks right I don't know the coming of Jesus into the community uh gathered by the river is what is being waited for here and uh, John the Baptist is is baptizing. The thing that caught my attention, in fact, I never really pondered about this uh, in my preaching over the years uh, uh, on this particular passage. Lots and lots of people were coming from all over the countryside it says, and out of the cities, and they were all coming to John to be baptized. So it was like there was something going on, you know, Uh it's like if this place was filled up right now, we would say, well, there's something going on, <laughs> something going on. So I think it's a community that's, that's gathering by flocks, searching for some kind of reconciliation or another. They were looking for something. So it's kind of like we are looking for something right now, aren't we? They're coming We're looking for something, for some peace, peace of the Lord. Prepare the way of the Lord, he says. An Advent story indeed, not just a birth story. So being it's a Sunday about peace, I I, uh, remember to look at uh, St. Paul's letter to the Philippians, uh do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And you know where God is, always he knows. But he goes on to say, uh, Let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That's a big statement, really. The peace of God's for which we we don't understand what it is, really. But that peace will guard your hearts and your minds. It sounds like a a different kind of peace than we usually think about when we use the word peace. You know, inner inner peace that that can overcome any kind of turmoil. Wouldn't we like to live in that place? I remember to look at the the beautiful poem by Wendell Berry. I'm trying to think if we didn't read this sometime recently, but hear it again. It's so beautiful. When despair for the world grows in me and I wake in the, in the night at the least sound in fear of what my life and my children's lives may be, I go and lie down where the wood drake rests in his beauty on the water and the great heron feeds I come into the peace of wild things who do not tax their lives with forethought of grief. I come into the presence of still water, and I feel above me the day blind stars waiting for their light. For a time I rest in the grace of the world, and I am free. Isn't that beautiful? So, in the, you know, in the morning when we come to church, I like to begin with a, a little uh, exercise in being present, contemplative prayer in a way, or just a little small sample of contemplative prayer. Maybe just for a few moments, we can feel that peace of God that will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Maybe we could feel that. You know, sometimes our mind is so filled with worry and dreadful expectations or sadness or grief or or anxieties of all kinds, or perhaps our minds are filled with uh, concern over, over pain in our body of some kind or maybe the craziness of the present season or the present world we live in right now. Not peaceful. But here's the thing. Sometimes our mind is filled with happiness and joyous expectations and elation or ecstasy or wonderful things or love or beauty and joy and excitement in the present season. Sometimes our minds are filled with that. But here's the thing. Neither one of those two things are peaceful, are they, in the way we're talking about peace right now. One is not good and one is very good, but neither is peaceful. It's hard to be peaceful when you're in the, where, in Costco trying to, I don't know. (laughs) It's wonderful, it's joyous, and we're looking for the best president present. <laughs> I promise you that was a Freudian slip. <laughs> I had no intent of saying that, albeit true. So, I hope I, didn't, I hope I didn't lose my point. Those two things, those two things I'm talking about, are those mind states we have. Neither are peaceful. Peace can come when we can, it, at the very least, because we can't always s- sit down and, and enter into meditation or contemplative prayer. So, in lieu of that, perhaps we could we could form some kind of equanimity between these two different worlds that we can live in. A little equanimity. Just a little bit of joy might be enough. And maybe we don't have to worry over that sorrow all the time. We could have some equanimity about that. I highly recommend it. We start by seeing things as they truly are. That's the way you start. You see the just the bare truth of what's going on. And accepting the truth of reality. And if reality is joy and excitement and goodness, or joy is sadness and pain, just... And when I say accept, I don't mean you say, well, that's okay. Just know that it's true. This is where I am right now. And let there be equanimity about that. And not so quick to blame God for our misfortunes or our unhappiness. And not so quick to credit God for our great fortunes and happiness. It might be the best we can really do is live the life we have been so graciously given in equanimity and peace. The famous words from Jesus, do not worry. More than once he says, you know, there's another uh, place where he says, Do not worry, little flock. Isn't that sweet? Do not worry, little flock. In this passage, he says, Do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink or about your body, what you will wear. Do not worry. And do not worry about which of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to the span of your life. But You might take a few spans of your life away by worrying. And don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring worries of its own. Today, Today's troubles is enough for today. This is Jesus talking. But seek first the kingdom of God and its righteousness, and all these things will be given to you. Seek first. Wish we were singing that song. Seek first the kingdom of God and its righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Let me just a couple of verses from the uh, beautiful poem "If" by Rudyard Kipling. I kind of read, read a parody of this. Uh, uh, poem a few weeks ago where they ended up, it, you might be the family dog, you might remember that, but this is a little more to the point. And just a couple of verses. If you can dream and not make dreams your master, if you can think and not make thoughts your aim, if you can meet with triumph and disaster and treat those two impostors just the same, If you can bear to hear the truth you've spoken, twisted by knaves who make a trap for fools, or watch the things you gave your life to broken and stoop and build them up with worn out tools. If you can talk with crowds and keep your virtue, (laughs) or walk with kings, nor lose the common touch, if neither foes nor loved friends can hurt you, if all men count with you, but none too much, if you can fill the unforgiving minute with 60 seconds worth of distance run, yours is the earth and everything that's in it. And then I kind of stumbled on this one. And which is more? You will be a woman, not my daughter. You will be a man, my son. Amen.